Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Hello and welcome back to the SC Playbook AFL podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name's Charlie and I'm going to be taking you through things this evening and joining me, first of all, is the SC Bandit. Bandit, how are you going tonight? Good, mate. Uh, nice to be back on, on the pod two weeks in a row. It's uh, unheard of, but must have, uh, must have performed well last week to, to stay in the ones. Yeah, yeah, you definitely did, um, and it's definitely not uh, because of the fact that we're slim at the moment with SC Playbook uh, contributors. Obviously, Dylan's uh, holidaying in Bali at the moment, and Eddie's well, he's off gallivanting around Europe somewhere. Um, he's having the time of his life. The other person on the line is the 2021 runner-up, Stevie Nico. He's got a brand-new mic that he's showing off and a brand-new setup. Nico, how are you going? I'm good, Charlie. How are you, mate? Hey, Bandit. Um, yeah, I definitely don't think it's team performance um, that, that's brought us back together here because um, I wouldn't be here otherwise. No, well, you, you did slip a little bit in the rankings. I still thought you had a pretty good round, Nico. How, how did you go? I got a score of 2-4-6-2. So that somehow got me four out of five league wins, which I was a bit surprised about. The only loss was to Eddie, which was very disappointing. Uh, but I did drop 313 spots in the overall ranking so i'm now sitting bang on 1300 okay well that's not too bad i um i kind of let myself have a bad week if that makes sense i I saw jasper fletcher's score on thursday night and i decided i didn't want to risk bringing in another underperforming primo so i I put his score aside and i let that 76 go on field um that left me with a 2391 for the week um, moved me down another thousand spots um, after last week's rank rise, um, and so now I'm sitting at four thousand one hundred and fifth. Not bad, definitely not great. Bandit, did you go any better than that? I uh, did. Geez, I'm not. I'm not far behind you, uh, Charlie. I'm. Uh, I'm closing <laughs> in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I scored about hundred points more than you did. I think so. I scored two thousand four hundred and ninety-one for the week, which. Um, only dropped me down 170 spots, so I wasn't far off sort of um, having a par score for, for the week. Um, but, yeah, overall ranking is um, 4,210 for me, so only, um, yeah, less than less than 100 spots in it at the moment between you and I. Yeah, you are creeping up on me. Eddie's also reminding me almost daily now of how close he's getting. Um, he was very far behind. I think he was, might have been 18,000th only, pretty much before the buyers um, or thereabouts. And, yeah, he's coming up very quickly. Boys, every week on the pod we give out um, the SC Playbook Most Valuable Supercoach Player Award votes. Um, we give a 3, 2, and 1 for, for most valuable and least valuable. It's very loosely loosely based. It can be in your team, it can be out of your team. It doesn't really matter. Bandit, I'll start with you. Who gets your three votes uh, for most valuable player? Uh, yeah, so pretty easy three for me uh, this week. Uh, Zach Merritt gets gets the best on ground uh, honors from me. Um, just really consistent at the moment, he, and he he does this most years where he seems to warm into seasons. He's a bit of a slow starter and can be a bit susceptible to a tag um, early on from from opposition teams. But um, yeah, he's one sixty out on the weekend was was outstanding. Uh, gave two votes to to your boy Nicky Dacos, uh, Nico. Um, honestly, he's just a freak. Um, you know, it's scary to think about what 
um, sort of player he's going to become over the next four or five years. Like it's hard to believe he's only 20 years old and, you know, he's still maturing into his body and his body's going to just get um, more battle-hardened as he as he matures. So, um, yeah, he's going to be an absolute weapon for, for the Pies for a long time. Um, and gave one to, to Tom Stewart um, for his 147 against the Swans on um, on Friday night. He was um, very, very impressive. What about you, Nico? Yeah, pretty similar. I'm going to mix it up a little bit this week, though, um, with regards mm-hmm. to the votes I'm dishing out. So I'm going to give three to Zach Merritt. Um, already touched on his massive 168, which was a huge result. Um, I know you don't own him, Charlie, so mm. uh, another reason to put him on top. Um, <laughs> one to Nick Dacos for his uh, 149, a season average of 122. I mean, Bandit's touched on it. The kid's a freak. I'm going to give one to Tom Stewart as well, uh, but I'm also going to give one to Dan Houston. So I couldn't leave him out. So hence my um, my three one 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 voting system here. Um, yeah. Obviously, Dan Houston, huge. I talked him up in my article and he was immense and then kicked the ball, kicked the waterlog ball 60 metres to win the match. Pretty amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, it's also some unconventional voting uh, from you, Nico, but we'll let it slide this time. Um, I've given one vote to Tom Stewart, 147. I think he was on a very or not so great score at quarter time, maybe even half time, and he just blitzed it in the second half. That was mm. awesome. Um, two votes goes to Locking Neil for a 143. Um, yeah, obviously, what can you say? He's had a, a, a terrific last kind of 10 weeks. Um, after having a pretty poor start to the year, he's really turned his season on its head. Um, and then three votes to Nicky Dacos. Yeah. Pencil him in for the Brownlow now, I reckon. He is just, he's unbelievable. Nico, you're, you're very lucky to be able to witness him play for your team week in, week out, because um, I'm getting pretty jealous at this point. Guys, losers votes. Um, Bandit, I'll start with you again. Who gets your three, two, and one LVP votes? Uh, yeah, I'll go I'll go reverse order. So I have one to to. Bond, um, mainly because I had him as my captain uh, last week, and uh, yeah, he's, he, he wasn't terrible. Um, obviously, Laird scored scored less than he did, so that would have um, thrown a few coaches out of out of kilter a little bit. But um, yeah, he cost me twenty five hundred um, plus score in the end, so he gets one. Um, gave two to Canelio, uh, your boy again, Nico. Um, he and Tom Green, I think, were the two highest ranked. Giants on the ground at halftime in that game against the Dees. Um, and then Cog just went completely missing in, in the second half, um, which was um, pretty disappointing. So he gets two um, and then gave three to, to Darcy Cameron. I think Eddie it was said in our group chat on Saturday night that Cameron and Wits had a pillow fight and uh, Decam only put up 61 points, which is uh, not good enough for a player that we were hoping would be uh, averaging close to three figures on the run home. So he gets three. Mm. Boy, am I glad I've ordered Decam. Um, if Jasper Fletcher didn't score well, um, and I didn't take his loop, Decam was probably going to be the uh, the player that I brought in. And so, yeah, very glad I dodged that. Nico, does that uh, does Decam make your three votes? Yeah, he's in there. Um, so I've gone with some consistency and stuck to my three one one voting system for this week. So <laughs> I'm going to give one to Will Day for uh, Will's um, poor performance. On the weekend, um, he got phased out of the, the CBAs with Josh Ward coming into the team, so not ideal. One to Darcy Cameron, already touched on. Very disappointing considering I was talking him up as a 110-plus type player this time last week. Uh, Rory Laird gets one as well. I think Bont was a bit harsh there, Bandit. Uh, I think Rory Laird deserves one. 
A lot of coaches have been burnt again with the captaincy after the round one debacle. Um, so maybe twice bitten, um, these super coaches won't be going there again for the rest of the year. And I've given three to Nat Fife. So he was injured. However, um, I was thinking of trading him. I didn't. I kept him for season-long cover, and he's just gone out and hurt himself and got a 40. And I can't do uh, a one-trade straight to Mills, which is killing Ooh. me. How far off are you, Nico? I think I was about 18K, so probably needed him to score another yeah. 20 points or something like that, 30 points. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. well, my, my vote's... Um, Quite controversially, I'm actually giving one vote to Josh Dunkley. I know he turned up, but he was on track for a monster score. Um, and, yeah, was unfortunately subbed off. Um, and the cream, uh, well, the icing on the cake uh, after that is now he's going to miss this week and potentially even miss next week with a sore calf. Um, so that's, yeah, it's turning into a real disaster that's unfolding um, right there. Giving two votes to Rory Laird for that 84 um, yeah, luckily I avoided the captaincy with him. I went with Bont instead. But yeah, for anyone who did captain in, um, yeah, that's that's not a great score. And, and three votes goes to Tim Taranto. Um, yeah, he doesn't have a great record against uh, who who he played the Lions. I don't think he's turned up against them for the last like five games or something. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, his seventy two just wasn't enough. Um, and it's the first time he's dropped under a hundred. Um, in a, quite a while. I think it's only the third time all year. Uh, actually, it's the first time he's dropped under 90 all year, um, which is also a credit to how good he's been. Guys, you've been listening to Eddie talk about mortgage choice, SCW, a lot over the last 12 months on the show, and most people, like me, are probably thinking they're way off being in a position to buy a house and that it's irrelevant to them. But actually, they can get you a loan for pretty much anything. It doesn't even have to be a house. If Santa brushed you for a PS5 this year, or maybe the toolbox needs an upgrade and your boss is too stingy to chip in, Patty and George can make the dream a reality. And the best part, no more sacrificing your avocados for two-minute noodles because the $129 fee is waived when you mention SC Playbook. These loans are quick and easy with the money dropping in your pocket within days. So after a few years of COVID causing us grief, treat yourself in 2023 and shoot them a message on their Instagram handle at Pat and George at Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on our website for the email, phone contact or QR code if that's easier. Alrighty, boys, we've hit the big topic section of the podcast. And there's so much to discuss this weekend. Obviously, there's a lot of issues facing super coaches. Um, first of all is upgrade options, which isn't really an issue, but it's important that we discuss them because we've got many that are, you know, on the uh, on the horizon. I'm talking Callum Mills, who's very underpriced. There's also Adam Cherry, he's a very smoky option with seven 125 plus scores in his last 10 games. Bandit, who are you looking um, at as an upgrade option this week? Yeah, it's very team dependent. I think this time of year that you know everyone's teams are looking so different now that um, you know it's very price dependent and depends on how many trades you've got left and you know if you've got any salary cap left as well um, from from previous trades. So um, I think Callum Mills is is definitely the the obvious one at, at just four hundred and four k. You know he's a guy that you know we really relied on last year. Well, I didn't because I didn't know him, but. Um, you know, he's definitely got a, a track record of, of scoring as an Uber Primo if he's in the right role. Um, and it looks like his role was pretty solid on, on the weekend against the Cats. I think he had something like 75% um, CBAs in that game. Um, and his break even is 47 this week. So this is as cheap as he's going to get. Um, my one knock on him is that he didn't kick the ball a lot 
on the weekend. I think he only had seven kicks from 24 touches and didn't have a lot of meters gained. So I'm hoping that he can turn that around this week and start kicking the ball a bit more because he is a good user of the ball. Um, but that was probably why he only scored 106 and didn't um, didn't sort of get towards 120. Yeah, it is, uh, it is slightly concerning. On the one hand, obviously, if he's handballing his disposal efficiency is going to be higher than if he was kicking. Um, I'm not. I'm not too phased by that. I'm more phased by the risk of reoccurring um, that injury. And, and Nico, you mentioned it in your article um, that I've currently got. It's not up on site yet, but I have had a read through it. You did mention that risk. Is that something that you're factoring into to potentially bring him in or not bring him in this week? Yeah, it was the reason I didn't put him as a must-have in my article because for what he can produce and the price that he is at the moment. I mean, he's been 700K in the past and you know, has put up a 200 uh, and, and scores in this sort of vicinity. So we know what he can do. Um, he's severely underpriced, but I am very wary of fake primos at the moment. And I feel like he might fall into that just on roll potentially, um, and that risk, that added risk of injury reoccurrence, I'm kind of leaning towards other options at the moment. Okay. I um, Yeah, that's fair Not enough. So. I, will, I will just touch on that, that point you bring up about his role. I've, I think it's better this time around. Um, obviously, before his injury, Errol Gordon was taking up a lot of CBAs. Um, this was before he moved out to that halfback wing role. So obviously there's a reasoning there behind Mills not getting as many uh, as many numbers and, and centre-bounce attendances. I think that changes now that he's back. Um, he had 76% CBAs on the weekend. Yes, that was without Chad Warner, but I think even when Warner does return, um, we can expect Mills to have a, a pretty consistent midfield role. Is that the way you see it as well, Bandit? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Um like, like like Nico said, it's a it's a tough one, um, and fake primos have, have definitely got a few of us over the journey so far this um, this season. With um, you know Steel in particular, I know Charlie has been a nemesis of of you and myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you you do need to be certain. But I mean, at four hundred and four k, like it's it does feel pretty low risk, um, and the upside is is pretty significant. If even if you can just average, you know. 100, 105 from here, you know, that's probably a pretty good result um, if you're going to have him at sort of M7 or M8. So, um, yeah, I think um, he's definitely on the radar for me. And, um, yeah, if I just I, I can do just sort of one trade from Fife to, to Mills this week, so that, that's pretty appealing to me. It'll only cost you 30K to get um, Seamus Mitchell up to Callum Mills, which is the current position that I'm in. And, yeah, that just feels like a no-brainer. Nico... You obviously touched on before that you're very hot on Dan Houston. Um, he kicked one of the best after the siren goals possibly I've ever seen live. Um, that was ridiculous. Is he still on your radar at all? Is he getting too expensive now? Uh, the rocket has launched, um, <laughs> just like his kick for goal. Um, yeah. So he's out of my price range, unfortunately. So the one that got away uh, from me, I could have brought him in last week. And just... Similar to what you did, I played it a little bit safe and I, and I took Dev Rob's score of 75 and just sort of sat on my hands and didn't trade. So, yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it's cost me a player who's like well, you know, on his way to, to 600K plus. For, for people with, you know, uh, an infinite amount uh, in the bank, 
is he one of the one of the best options that you could possibly bring in this week if you, if you've got the money for him? Yeah. Yep, I think he's a great pick. They've got a lot of games coming at home as well, uh, where he has traditionally scored better as well. So I think he's a great pick, especially if you need a defender. Um, however, like if you need to fill an M8 slot, I don't know if I'd be necessarily like moving someone like Will Day or, or missing your structure up a little bit to bring him in. So just kind of, de- it's all team dependent, obviously. Everything is, especially at this time of year. Um, but I think he's a great get. If money's no issue, then I'd, I'd probably be looking at bringing in someone like Libba, who's going to be like a really super pod and uh, one, of, one of the great picks from here onwards. I mean, he has been unbelievable all year. All, all Australian form, no doubt. He's a, he's a lock for that. Um, yeah, but I've sort of got my eye in the uh, in the bargain bin and looking at someone like Sam Doherty personally. Hard to believe that uh, that Houston's still only in 2% of teams. He's only in 4,340 teams as of last week, which did increase a little bit from the week before. He was only in sort of 3,100 teams uh, the week prior to that. But, you know, I'm a bit surprised his ownership didn't go up uh, a little bit more given his um, his five-round average is about 115, which obviously um, got boosted a bit by his score on the weekend. But, yeah, he's in, um, he's in great nick. Yeah, shout out to um to Corey, a member of our WhatsApp group who uh, did bring him in for for his performance last week. It's a great trade by you, Corey. Um, there's another defender that you know you could potentially think about in Bailey Dale. He's got a 106 five round average, uh, 527k. I do think it's important to touch on though that Jason Johansson um, is very near a return. I think Ed Richards might even be coming back this week, which obviously will impact um how much footy Dale gets off half back. Um, it also will affect Caleb Daniel as well, um, who I don't think even attended a, a centre bounce on the weekend. So that's also a worrying thing if you, if you did bring him in. He's had a terrific last month aside from last week. Um, Bandit Tom Green, uh, midfielder, 540k, uh, averaging 108 at just 540k, which is pretty good value. Do you have him? And, and if you don't, would you be bringing him in? Yeah, I've had him since uh, since day one, as uh, as a lot of coaches have this year, with him being in um, in thirty four percent of teams. Um, I think he's. I feel like we're still just scratching the surface with him a bit. Um, like he's still competing for a lot of ball with the likes of Cornelio and Kelly, and you know these really good super coach scorers who who we've relied on previously from from the Giants. But I just feel like I don't know, like he's about 50 or 60 games into his career now and we're sort of just starting to see what kind of player he could potentially become, not just towards the end of this year, but sort of going forward a bit as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, he, yeah, as, as you said, like players who, who average 108 and a 540K are pretty, pretty rare. So, um, yeah, if you do have a bit more cash in the bank than most, um, he's definitely worth looking at this week. One player I'm super interested in, or, or one team in general really, is the Bombers, and in particular the Bombers midfielders. I'm talking Zach Merritt and Darcy Parrish. Obviously, Ben Hobbs is also floating around the mark. He's been terrific. But Darcy Parrish, 472K, he looks like he's um, he's overcome his injury that, that kept him sideline for a fair while. Posted a season high score versus Port Adelaide. Um, kicked four points as well, so could have been even bigger. He's playing for a contract. Nico, if you had the cash, who's the better option, Zach Merritt or Darcy Parrish? I think Zach Merritt, and that's purely because I'm not convinced that 
Parrish can break a tag yet. I haven't really seen him shake one. Um, I don't know if you guys have, but I don't think I have. Um, and so just purely on that alone, I'd be leaning towards Merritt. And probably because of that, teams would still target Parrish over Merritt. Yeah, he plays Adelaide this week. Who, um, yeah, Ben Keyes has notoriously tagged uh, midfielders this season. Um, he didn't tag Dacos, though, which, yeah, maybe gives us a slight glimmer of hope that he won't tag against the Bombers. What do you reckon, Bandit? Does he tag or not tag? Uh, it's an interesting one. I think, um, given Merritt's form, you have to send a tag at a Merritt before you send one to Parrish, don't you? Surely. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to think about who could possibly get the tag. I think Darcy Parish impacts a game of footy more so than Merritt. But you also, yeah, as you said, you can't knock Merritt's form. Um, it's a tricky one. What, what do you reckon, Nico? Mer- Merritt's like he went into the forward line one game this year and, and kicked a couple of snags to get away from a tag. Um, I, I just don't know if. Parish can sort of do that. I, I just feel like it's easier to get to get Parish sort of almost completely out of the game and and completely tag him out of it than you would a merit. But that's just my opinion. Mm. I think Parish. I think Parish kicked four points on the weekend, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he could he could have scored about two hundred. I think. Yeah, yeah that could did. have been a monster. Yeah, score. I mean, I, yeah, he could have. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Devil's Same as Petrarca, they had identical games. Yeah, they did. That is that is true. Um, yeah, I, I, just think, I just think he's a bit better for the ball. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Um, to finance these upgrade options, we're going to have to bring in some rookies, some cheapies. Um, we've got a couple of boys on the bubble this week. David Cunningham, mid-forward, 164K, negative 46 break-even. Lockie Fogarty, mid-forward, 167K, negative 55 break-even. Um, and Jack Williams, forward ruck, 123K, negative two break even. Bender, do any of these boys entice you just a little bit? They do. Um, Cunningham probably looks the pick of them at, at this point. Um, from what I understand, Carlton supporters always have pretty big wraps on on this guy, but he's really battled with with injury over the last few years. So we haven't seen um, haven't seen him a lot at AFL level, let alone the best of him at, at AFL level. And it looks like you know he's finally getting his body right getting some continuity into his into his footy and he's and he's reaping the rewards at, at AFL level. I actually think he's a pretty solid pick, to be honest. I think he'll hold his spot um, in that team with with what he's done in the first two games that he's played, um, albeit at an a elevated price of 164K. But, um, you know, if you do need an extra, um, you know, rookie cover for the rest of the year, either in the in the forward line or in the midfield, I think he's, he's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, he was... Pick 23 in the 2015 draft. So he's, he's clearly got talent there. But um, obviously, as you said, his AFL career thus far has been hampered by injury. Nico, what about Lockie Fogarty? Do you like him um, more so than David Cunningham or Jack Williams? Well, I have no idea who Jack Williams is, um, for starters. <laughs> so <laughs> probably not. Um, he plays for West Coast. Fogarty, I think he's <laughs> dropped it. Okay. Oh, thanks, Bennett. Um, he's dropped a couple of big scores from memory, Lockie Fogarty, and then sort of goes missing. And yeah, I don't know. Ex-Cat sort of reject. I'd, I'd look, yeah, I'd probably go towards David Cunningham and, and uh, just hope that, you know, he is completely over his injury issues. And um, yeah, I'd probably lean towards him. Mm-hmm. 
Well, there's there's two alternatives to take, and and the next one is just bringing in a couple of debutants that have been confirmed by the Richmond Football Club. Uh, Jacob Bauer is a forward, one twenty four k, or Sam Banks, defender mid, one twenty four k. Bandit, do you know anything about these blokes? How you know how does their job security look? Uh, questionable, I think. Um, I think Bauer, from memory, has been listed as an emergency a lot or been included on the extended benches for when Richmond have played Sunday games this year. So he's clearly been in the mix from that point of view, but um, they haven't found a way to squeeze him in yet. But I think, um, you know, obviously he's uh, he's shown enough at VFL level to, to warrant a call-up. But, um, you know, you probably need to consider as well with, with McWalter at the helm and Richmond... Um, probably just sort of going through the motions a bit through through the back end of the year now with Tom Lynch potentially not coming back. Um, you know, they're probably starting to maybe give these guys a bit of a chance just to sort of see what they've got um, because they probably will need to to top up the bottom end of their list going into, into 2024. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, a wait and see on those guys, but, you know, probably, probably not for mine. I think I'd prefer um, a Cunningham this week rather than, um, yeah, picking someone that we haven't um, haven't seen before. I um I think that um, Bauer's definitely in on form. Um, he's a, a bit of a clutch player. He's kicked a couple of goals after the siren, I think, um, to, to get the VFL side. Oh, is that is that him? Is that line, that guy? Um, maybe two out of the yeah. last three weeks or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've seen him so, on socials. Um, yeah. But I think you know look, he could be prone. He could be prone to a poor score, um, but it's quite tempting just to throw him in and put the emergency on him in the first round of the game and see if he can snag a, you know, a 70 or an 80 or a 90 or something. Um, so that's quite tempting. Um, I think Sam Banks is in probably as a Jaden Short replacement and he's out for four to six weeks. So he could, if he plays well, he could potentially hold his spot for, for six weeks, which is pretty huge at this time of year. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, picking these debutantes is that first alternative that I was talking about. The second one is just bringing in, you know, a, a basement price, non-playing player, 102K, that frees up a bit of cash. Bandit, out of those three options, what do you reckon? What, what's the best way to go? Uh, probably depends on on your rookie cover that you've got at the moment. Um, I can definitely see a scenario where if you've got like a, um, you know, a Charlie Constable or an O'Shane Mullen um, in your back line and you haven't got any bench cover at the moment, um, I can definitely mount a case to to trade in banks this week just for a sort of a warm body on the on the pine. Um, but obviously, you know, if money's an issue, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with bringing in a 102K player provided you've got the trades left for um, for covering injuries and, and whatnot because, you know, as um, as we've talked about with Nico, who's a little bit short of going five to, to Mills this week, that extra sort of 20 or 30K that you can um, cash by getting in one of those bargain um, rookies can be um, can be very significant at this time of year. A, a big factor in, in bringing in players, in particular primos, is uh, is DPP status, or in this case, potential DPP additions. Bandit, you put up a great Twitter post today um, about um, all the, the splits that are going on, who's likely to gain that dual status. Um does anyone catch your eye out of that list? I'll run through it. Is it Nick Dacos, Sam Doherty, Jaden Short, Jack Sinclair, Sam Walsh, Max Gorn? Um, who tickles your fancy there? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, so based on the splits that we've got so far, Dacos, Doherty and Short should all get defender mid status at the end of this round coming. 
Um, so I'd expect all those guys to be available as DPPs from from next week. Um, the line ball ones were were Sinclair, Walsh, and Gorn. So Sinclair um, is right on the edge of becoming a defender mid. Um, Sam Walsh is right on the edge of becoming a mid forward, and Gorn is on is on the edge of becoming a ruck forward, which would be um, huge for those um, for those coaches who have uh, Gorn at, at R two. Um, Walsh is probably the one that interests me the most. Um, defender mids, I think, are a little bit less relevant because we've already got quite a few of those at the moment with you know Dawson and, and the like. Um, so they're probably not as useful. But Sam Walsh is a bit of a point of difference that you could bring in at sort of F three or F four, um, particularly with that um, with that news that Josh Dunkley will miss um, this week, and then you know we'll be touch and go for that week after. Um, he's probably the one that stands out to me, but. Um, as I said, it's it's very line ball and we'll need to sort of see how he goes on the weekend in terms of where he lines up just to see if he will get that DPP status or not. What about you, Nico? You mentioned earlier in the pod that um, you're, you're targeting Sam Doherty this week. You're, you're very interested by him. Does this potential DPP addition factor into that at all or are you just picking him because he's a good player? Yeah, I'm picking him because he's a good player and he's back in his preferred role off halfback and the Blues have started to click a little bit and, and get some wins on the board. So I don't see that really changing. Um, I mean, look, it's going to be handy. Look, no doubt I've got, you know, I've got Constable in, in my mids who, you know, if I have to, if he actually hits a game, I might be able to, to flick him and get a, you know, a 60, 70 if I need to cover a, a donut or something like that. Um, so look, it does come in handy. Um, I think they're all relatively handy sort of additions or will be, Handy. Um, surely nobody's got Jaden Short. That's probably only relevant in in draft or something. Sam Walsh. Yeah, I kind of agree with Bandit, but he's not really scoring any better than any of our other forwards at the moment. So I'm kind of a bit meh on that. Um, I'm probably more interested in in Max if if he does get it, then I might be willing just to flick Dunkley permanently permanently into my midfield just to sort of free up a spot for him. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I've done with Dunkley um, for other reasons. Um, obviously, his injury this week that he's missing out on. So I've um, yeah, I've done the old trade kind of loophole thing where you trade someone out and then you change them and then you trade them back in so you can change the position. It's hard to explain. Nico, you did a good job of explaining it in the WhatsApp group. But yeah, he's gone up to my mids and, and Jasper Fletcher's come on field. Um, talking about Josh Dunkley... And overall, uh, let's talk about injuries now. Um, we have touched on that he's going to miss this week with the calf injury he sustained last week. That could potentially turn into a two-week injury as well. Bandit, is there anything that we know for sure about Dunkley's injury? Not at, not at this stage. Um, I'm kind of hoping that Brisbane have just sort of got on the front foot this week, given they're playing West Coast and they've just you know put a line through him as early as possible because you know reality is they won't. They won't need him to, to play this week, so no need to play any um any funny buggers on the on the injury front there. Um, next week they play the week after, sorry, they play Melbourne, which is a, a huge game for for both teams. So I would think that they'd be doing everything possible to get him up for that game. Um, but in saying that, you know we're starting to get towards the pointy end of the season already, and you know you don't want to be rolling guys out who are you know undercooked in terms of their their preparation in, you know, and potentially risking the fact that they'll, you know, make their injury worse. So, you know, they might just, they might think, well, you know, 
it's it's a long season. We've got a finals campaign coming up, just giving the extra week off. But I know there'll be a lot of coaches out there who will be desperately hoping that he only misses one week. And I, I'm kind of inclined to think that he'll only miss one. Um, you know, they were pretty well up, I think, from memory in that game last week against the Tigers at that point when they subbed him off. So I'm hoping it's just precautionary. Nico, I think it's fair of me to assume that aside from Nick Dacos, Took Miller is one of your favourite players, just judging by the way you constantly, you know, lord over his body image and the way he um, he presents himself from a super coach point of view. I love him as well. I, he's one of my favourite players. He's potentially returning this week. I think it's actually confirmed by Stuart Jew um, on SEN last week. Does he straight away come into your trade plans? Obviously, maybe not this week, but but for the weeks to come. Yeah, look, look, he's definitely on my radar. It probably has. Um a little bit to do with why I sort of held off trades last week and just took a, a 75. If, if I can, if I could somehow move a five for a day to Tuke Miller in, in a week or two, I think that's just going to be a really huge point of difference coming home. I've also traded for him in drafts. So I'm doubly invested on the, on the Tuke train. So mm. I don't know if I've got the patience in classic to, to hold off for a couple of weeks that, that, you know, he needs to drop down. Um, so it probably might only be, it might only be one week. I could potentially, he could potentially drop 40 K or will drop 40 K and it will fall into that 540 K price bracket, which is where I'm looking this week with, and Doherty. So yeah, it just really depends if I can hit a, uh, a decent enough emergency score, I think. Yeah. With a, with a he break just has even to get through one... training this week and he's in and he's in. Yeah. Yeah. With a break-even of 170 um, and projected scores of 96 and 99 in the next two weeks, he's expected to bottom out at 517.5K. Um, yeah, if he gets those two weeks, it's going to be... If he gets through those two weeks, it's going to be very hard um, to turn a blind eye to him. He's just such a good super coach player. such a workhorse. He gets to every contest. In the games that he's played this year, before his injury, he was um, averaging 115. Um yeah, I think he's. Uh, I don't want to say he's a must-have, but he's he's almost there. Um, Nico, what do you reckon? Yeah, it, it, once again, team dependent. If you've got a luxury upgrade up your sleeve, I think he's a, a prime candidate in a couple of weeks. I just wanted to touch on my two cents on Josh Dunkley. I think he's definitely going to miss two weeks. Um, Lockie wow. Neal has come out and said that the short turnaround from uh, this weekend to the next weekend um playing playing melbourne i think it's at the g as well so travel short turnaround yeah i'm leaning towards two weeks for for josh dunkley which is really annoying Bennett, i don't oh, i really i don't want to talk about it because i, I think it's absolutely what well, could be absolutely ridiculous but is there a scenario where you could potentially trade josh dunkley or is, is that just is that silly um. Oh, it would need you need the absolute perfect setup to to be considering it. And when I say perfect, I'm talking about you know five or six trades left, plenty of cash in the bank, um, and a and a really clear path to to bring him back in because he is you know he's clearly the number one um, forward in the in the game this year from from a super coach point of view. So, um, you know if if you are chasing a, a big rank rise, um, then you know, maybe that's something to to consider. Um, 
but yeah, I think for me, you know, the the vast majority of coaches will be will be holding regardless if he misses one or or two weeks. Um, so I think you can probably swim with the pack on this one and and not have to worry about trading him out. But it is worth noticing, um, you know, that George Hewitt missed a month with a, a corked calf uh, last week. Uh, last not last week, um, last season I think it was. Um, yeah, he also had a back issue I think around that time as well, which probably didn't help things, but. Um, you know, these things can potentially linger for, for a long time. So, um, yeah, we'll have to keep an eagle eye on it from a from a communication side of things from Brisbane. Was it was it your mate that we were talking about last week that was inside the top 1K and he had like nine trades left? Uh, it was Nico's mate, I think. Was that, okay, Nico, oh, was, if, yeah, if, just, if yeah. you were to give advice not my, to your not mate, my, mate. Not my mate, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, sorry if you were to give some advice, think... <laughs> he's, um... <laughs> he's sitting just inside the top 1K. Um, I don't know how he did on the weekend, but he's sitting just inside the top 1K with, yeah, obviously way more trades than, than most people have. Is that is that just the the perfect you know, scenario for him to, to climb up the ranks while everyone's holding Josh Dunkley for potentially two weeks. He's got enough trades to trade him out and bring him back in and gain, you know, potentially an extra 250 points um, on, on his competitors. Is that, would you give him that advice? Uh, if he was definitely out for two weeks, I would. Um, but if it's one to two, which it is, I probably wouldn't because he could easily just be out this weekend uh as Bandit said, easy kill. Just give him a, a bit of a rest, make sure he's completely over it, and then come out and, and drop a 150 against Melbourne at the G. So, yeah, if it was definitely two weeks, then I'd, I'd if you've got those trades, then yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably say do it. Yeah, price at um price at 685k. That's a lot of cash to have to find on the way back up to to bring him back in. So, um, yeah, you'd want a lot of cash. In, in your bank at the moment to be able to pull that move off, I reckon. Mm-hmm. One of one of my biggest regrets this season that, yeah, I, I can't seem to shut up about, but it was picking uh, Nat Fife over Angus Sheldrick. Really hasn't paid off for me. I, I flicked Fife last week, which is good because I dodged his 42 or whatever it was. Um, that was obviously injury uh, or impacted by injury. He sustained a stress fracture in his foot, is now potentially out for the season. Bandit, is he a must-trade? Was was he already a must-trade? Yeah, just got to cut your losses here, I think, unfortunately. Um, if, like me, you've got the money in the bank to to get him up to Callum Mills in, in one trade, I think that's the uh, the obvious play. Um, but, yeah, he's he's clearly a trade-out. I'd be very surprised if we saw him again for for the rest of the year, the way Freo are going. They probably won't play finals. I think there's some other teams that are going a bit better than them. So, um, yeah, I don't think we'll see Fife again this year. The next two players I've got on this list aren't exactly super coach relevant, but I'll touch on them anyway. Tim Kelly was a laid out last week with illness. Um, you'd assume that he'll come back in this week. Um, Jaden Short, we've touched on. He's been sent for scans for his hammy. Uh, I think those scans have come back, and yeah, he's expected to miss the next at least four weeks. Um, Nico, yeah, they're not really relevant, are they? But um, I think I think a few teams still have them. Yeah, yeah. My um, now. One of my mates um, that I played against in draft had Tim Kelly and got me the win um, with his laid out. So very happy about that one. Uh, but yeah, look, I think I think Tim Kelly will be back in and, and Jaden Shaw could. Depends on how Richmond go as well. If they're out of finals contention, they might just 
don't know, leave him out for the season potentially. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah, guys, the um, ESC Playbook subscription package, $50 for the full package that gets you NRL, AFL, BBL for 12 months or 30 bucks just for AFL. Um, I still haven't fact-checked this, but it might be on sale, um, which is pretty awesome. That's great value. Um, gets you extra premium articles every single round, access to our WhatsApp group with weekly Q&As with, uh, with contributors and the rest of the ESC Playbook community, access to our major unlimited group prize, $500 for the top prize, uh, goes to the top-ranked subscriber to knock off our team, and if a non-subby wins, we'll split two hundred and fifty bucks between the winner and the runner-up. That group code is three four five five one one. Guys, well, uh, let's touch on your t- your, uh, your plans for this week. Um, you know what's on the agenda, Bandit? Any trades, or are you just sticking sticking with the current side that you've got? Um, no, we'll be making at least one trade. Um, actually, wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on. On these trades, boys. So I can go five to to Callum Mills in in one trade, um, which basically gets me to to full primo. Um, obviously, with with a few sort of sub primos in there, like Will Day and Sheasel and Steel and the like. Um, so that's option one. Or option two is I can trade um, Fife and Johnson to Cunningham and Caleb Sarong, um, which I feel like is. An aggressive move, um, but you know Sarong looks like he's over that ankle injury that's been troubling him over the last few weeks, and pumped out a big score on the weekend. Just feel like he could be a nice difference maker on the run home. What are you? What are your thoughts here, boys? I um I like option one uh, considerably more than option option two. I think I, that that one trade makes all the difference at this point in the season. I think if you can get. Yeah, Fife up to, to Mills, who I would definitely classify as a primo. Um, if you can do that in one trade, I, I think that's the go. What do you reckon, Nico? Oh, look, shock and horror. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like option two. I like option wow. two a lot more than, than option one. Wow. Yeah, I think Sarong is, is an uber, uber premium this year. And, um, yeah, I, I just think that's going to net you more points um, on the run home than, than what Mills will. Mm-hmm. How many trades would you have left, Bandit, if you did option two? Uh, I'd have two left. So that does leave me a little bit um, skinny, but I, I would have some okay bench cover. I've got um, Winhager and John Winhager Johnson and Marich in there at the moment. Um, and trading Fife and Johnson would still leave me with um, Winhager, Marich and Cunningham as well. So I feel like those three are... You know, mm. you're bound to get like a 50 or a 60 at worst from from one of those guys. Um, so I'd be okay with that. It's just the fact that I don't have any bench cover in, in my defense, which um, is kind of annoying. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed I don't have any injuries back there and um, I can hang on to those trades for as long as possible. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, my trades this week, I'm going large. I've got to um, and I've got to get Jack Steele out of my team as soon as possible. I thought he was back. Turns out he's not. He scored an 86 on the weekend. So I can go Seamus Mitchell to Callum Mills in one trade, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and then because I've got so much left in the bank, I can then go Jack Steele all the way up to Zach Merritt. I touched on needing some Bombers boys in my side. Um, and, yeah, I think Zach Merritt is just is probably at this point um, the best midfielder in the game, I reckon, or in the Supercoach game. Um, 
scored 162, 110, 137, 105, 126, and 168, um, all consecutively since round 10. I think he is just, um, yeah, he looks pretty unstoppable. And he also plays uh, West Coast and North Melbourne still, again, twice this season he's played both of those teams. So I think, um, yeah, obviously not owning him uh, for, for the run of form that he's been in has been, yeah, pretty hard to, to endure. Nico, what are your trades? What are you looking at this week? Yeah, so I'm a little bit lost again. I feel like this might be like last year where I was just so close to full premier but never got there. Like with Dunkley's injury, I'm kind of like, oh, no, um, mm. it's not going to happen again for me. But I'm only one spot away. And it's either two options, I think, at the moment. It's either go um, either one of, of Chincotta, Ford, um either one of those two out with Fife and either bringing in a, a 102k swing player and bringing in Doherty or I just bring in Mills and, and bank 140, 150k that I can use uh, on, on top of any injured players that, that come up or as a luxury trade if, if I manage to dodge injuries and suspensions moving forward. Yeah, I just I just think Mills is a no-brainer. I just, I really do. At like 400k, like he dropped a 200 last year against the Hawks. He plays Richmond this week who, yeah, really, you know, defensively, they, they're pretty much non-existent in the midfield. I just, oh, I, I love it. Uh, I wish I could just tell everyone to do it. Obviously, it's all team dependent, but yeah, I, th- I think he's borderline must have um, at, at considering how cheap he is. He's a ridiculous 238k down from the starting price. Um, well, if you've, anyway, if you've, got, um, if you've got steel, steel, you know, yeah. Mills, Mills break even is 47 this week. Even if he tons up, he's only going to go up, you know, 20, 30k at most. If he does put up, put up a big score this week, could you potentially just go steel to Mills next week in one trade? Yeah, well, de- yeah, definitely. It's definitely, definitely. definitely something worth thinking about. I think I'll definitely be thinking about that next week. If Mills does put up a big score against the Tigers, um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be be thinking about that really, really closely. Yeah, he's got a great – if you do wait a, wait a week, he's got a great record against the Dogs with 138 and 127 um, in amongst his last three games. Captaincy, Bandit, you put out your article today, another excellent read on the SE Playbook website. Who gets your VC and C this week? Yeah, we're, uh, we're spoiled for choice this week. Um, lots of um, mm. very super coach relevant players playing early in the round, which um, helps for loopholing purposes. Um, pretty hard to go past uh, Bont on Friday night against Collingwood, albeit he doesn't have a great record against the Pies, and the Pies don't tend to give up big um, big points to, to midfielders. But I think he, I mean, he's the best player in the game this year, so he'd be silly not to, to at least have the VC on him. Um, and Lockie Neal, obviously playing West Coast this week. Um, he's coming off two 140s in a row. Fingers crossed he doesn't um, doesn't take it easy and just treat it like a bit of a, a training run, but um, they're probably the VC and C for me this week. Um, I do like uh, Merritt against the Crows, and I also like Laird to bounce back uh, in that game as well. I think he's the best pod option because a lot of um, coaches will jump off him this week after a a substandard score the um, the previous week. So he's um he's the best left field option for me. What about you, Nico? What direction are you going in this weekend? Well, according to 
Bandit, I'm going to be silly here and go against Bont. I think I like putting the VC on Nick Dacos um, at yeah. Marvel. Um, I think it's going to be a, a pretty fast-paced um, to and fro. Um, I think he's just, I mean, yeah, coming off a of 149, averaging, you know, not all that far behind what Bont is uh, for the season. Um, I think he's a, a pretty good pod sort of player as, as a VC shout. And, and you know, if, if what happens last week happens again, then um, Nick scores 149, Bont scores 114. I've got, you know, extra 35 points on the competition there. Uh, and I do like falling back on Neil uh, for the captaincy, I think. We've spoken about him quite a little bit um, in, in the last sort of few weeks. He, he's back to his best, and I think he's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, we're all going um, very soon. Um, sorry, Bandit, you go. No, sorry. Um, I was just going to say a couple of other sort of left-field options if you if you want to get a bit fruity with it. Um, Josh Kelly against the Hawks, I think, is a is a pretty good pick. Um, if you wanted to roll, you know, uh, Lockie Neal into into Kelly. That's not a bad not a bad idea if you if you're just playing for league wins. Um, and then the Port Adelaide boys against um, Gold Coast on on Saturday night also look like they could do an absolute number on the on the Suns who gave up a lot of points to you know Dacos and the like as we've sort of talked about. So um, that looks like a, a pretty decent play as well. Also, Tom Stewart Bandit, you had in your article um, you mentioned that the last time he played North Melbourne. Um, at GMHBA Stadium. Um, I think that's where he's playing this week. He had a 152. Um, is he a potential smoky option that you could consider? He is. The, the one knock I've sort of got on, is, got on him this week is that they play late in the round. Um, I feel like he'd be a better pick if if they were playing Thursday or Friday night um, just because I feel like he's maybe a little bit risky given the fact that he's playing after, you know, Bontepelli, Dacos, Neil, you know, these, these sorts of sort of tried and true um, guns, so um, yeah, probably not for me. But again, if you're playing for league wins, um, you could definitely do worse. Yeah, well, as I was just saying before, it seems that we are going very similar this week. I'm tossing up um, who to take on that Friday night game at Marvel Stadium. Um, yeah, on the one hand, Bontempelli is Bontempelli. Um, he's arguably the best player in the game, but partly um, due to that poor record he's got against the Pies and the fact that they are or have been so restrictive this year, I think I'm leaning. Um, in Nick Dacos's way, coming for 149. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's been pretty sensational this year. And then if that doesn't work out, um, likewise, I'm going to fall back on Lockie Neal against the Eels, coming off of 143. Um, he scored 123, 133, and 166 in his last three against them. Um, and without Dunkley, I think he's going to get a lot more of the footy. Guys, we're excited to link up with better for the 2023 footy season. Each round of the season, we'll be producing our exclusive SC Playbook special markets of our own. To follow along, you can find the link to the market in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au. It's for those aged 18 plus only. Please gamble. Please remember to gamble responsibly. I do have some sad news about Better. Um, obviously, we're still partnering with them, but while Tim, our, uh, our supreme overlord, Tim Williams, is overseas in the UK, we won't be having any of these special markets, which is very sad because, Nico, you can't get on... Um, uh, the 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 Chiefs winners uh, like you have been previously in the last couple of weeks. Oh, haven't we hit one? I think there's only one that's got up, hasn't there, for the whole season so far. I I've been really unlucky the last couple of weeks. Um, I think what did I have last week? I think again, yeah, it was Josh Dunkley. I had him to get 120 plus AFL fantasy, which. Cool. 
you know, he was potentially on track four um, and Brisbane to win and he got subbed off at three-quarter time. The week before, I had Jezza Cameron to kick three. He got brutally concussed. It's just, it's not my fault. I'm, I'm getting unlucky. No, it's, uh, it's not fair. Do you guys have any good value bets for this weekend? I don't mind the Swans Thursday night. Yeah, uh, paying two dollars fifteen as, or two dollars twenty five. Sorry, as as outsiders on better. Yep. Um, Richmond were pretty poor last week. Yeah, they might bounce back, but last uh, last game at the G for for Lance and yeah, I feel like the Swannies are, are back in a bit of form. Yeah, yeah, last game at the G unless they make finals, which they potentially could. Um, mm. I quite like. And sounds sounds weird to say, but I quite like taking the Eagles at the line against Brisbane. Um, I don't have an exact number here, but I imagine that'll be pretty large considering the Lions are paying a dollar oh one. The Eagles are fit and firing after last week. They gave a valiant effort against the Saints. I don't mind taking them at the line. What about you, Bandit? Do you have anything? Um, it could be a good week for for outsiders. To be honest, I, I kind of don't mind the Saints against Melbourne at Marvel. Um, you know, obviously had a pretty pretty ordinary first half against the West Coast um, on the weekend, but I think Ross will be really keen for him to bounce back um, against some quality opposition this week. So that's um, potentially not a bad one. Um, I think the Crows against the Bombers at Marvel on on Sunday could be a decent shout as well. Um, that should be a cracking game, actually. Looking really looking forward to, to watching that one. Um, and Carlton against Fremantle just you know just seems like not a not a bad shout either. Freo aren't going amazingly at the moment, um, mixing their form a bit, and Carlton look like they're, they're turning theirs around. So they've definitely got the weapons to, to cause an upset over in Perth. Yeah, well, I don't mind it. Always back the underdog. Um, that's that's a pretty good tactic. Guys, that brings us to the end of, uh, of another episode of the SE Playbook podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. We've managed to keep this to under an hour, which is awesome, because you, usually we say it's going to be under an hour and then it goes over. But I've actually kind of stuck to my word, although I did say this would be uh, around a 40-minute podcast. Oh, well, that's all right. It goes under an hour. That's a win in my books. Thank you very much for joining me, and we will see you next week.